Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. It has been over a month since I've uh, been able to preach, uh, just mainly due to my own traveling for work, and then I was on vacation last week. So, uh, you know, if you want to compliment my awesome tan right now, I won't turn it down. So it's a little burnt in a few places, so be gingerly how you touch me, because yesterday was overcast, and I, rookie mistake, uh, did not plan accordingly for the overcastness of the weather. But uh, it's good to be back with you guys here. I planned about a 45-minute sermon tonight, so it's a... Awkward pause there. All right, no worries. Uh, no, I, I, honestly, I am absolutely, I love this series that we're doing right now. Um, I get the unique privilege as the teaching pastor to plan the series out. And uh, I also, I don't know, Jeff, a year, year and a half ago, started putting together the graphics as well uh, for these. Is that that long a year? Is that fair? Well, um, and so I don't know uh, if you are here uh, throughout the series, but the, everything we've done is very intentional. Uh, and you may not geek out about some of the stuff that I do, and that's okay, but uh, I have a mic and you don't right now, so you get to share my geeked outness right now with me. So uh, this graphic was designed specifically around this idea that families don't look like a white mom and dad and the son and daughter on a table, right? Like a family looks like two best friends that share life together. Uh, a, f- a family looks like uh, people walking through random parts of town experiencing life together. They look like uh, a blended family. They look like a single parent with three kids surviving, right? They look like um, grandparents raising kids because mom and dad are no longer in the picture for whatever reason, right? Families look like a lot of things nowadays. And so to do a series called Family Talk and to pretend like this is what a family looks like and this is what it should look like, is, in my opinion, the church has done a pretty poor job of in a lot of situations. And so as a church, we want to not only speak against that, we want to speak for understanding that family is not about your, the blood you share, but the relationships that you develop. And so there are principles in the series that, that work, whether it's a roommate, a spouse, a kid, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker. We, we do life together with people, they become like family for us. Some of you are transplants to Virginia Beach, right? You didn't grow up in this area. And so you've developed family here because you have family that are from all over. And so Something as simple as this graphic is a basic suggestion of like, hey, family looks like a lot of things that maybe it didn't look like 30 years ago, and that's okay, right? And so sometimes I think what can help separate the church in a negative way from our culture, our friends, our community, is that we suggest that a family looks like this, but the world is so far removed from that nowadays, and it causes us to be disconnected rather than engaging with the culture around us. And so... In this series, again, I haven't been able to be here for every week, but I've been a chance to listen to several of the sermons that was here for the family gathering week that we did, that Jeff did. And I, I love the fact that we're addressing some of these topics head on. It's something that I love about our churches that I think, in my opinion, I get to brag about this when I get to teach some, but we do a really good job of celebrating not just intellectual theology, meaning our beliefs, what we think and believe about what Scripture says, what culture says, what God says, what the Spirit is moving and saying, 
but also we get to speak to practical elements that we think should help everyone here. So my, one of the things I absolutely did not want to have happen is that you walked into the series and you're like, I'm not married, no kids, deuces, I'm out, right? Like you should be able to walk in and be like, okay, what's this for me? What's, what's your ability to walk in and be like, hey, how can I glean something from this regardless of where my situation is? Maybe you have adult kids, maybe you're a grandparent, right? Maybe you're as old as Steve, I don't know. But regardless of where you are in the process, Steve's not even in here, right? Steve's not, well, I love Steve. Steve, hey, I love you, Steve, if you can hear me. That's an old joke for you, buddy. But regardless of where you are in the process, we absolutely want this series to speak to you. And so tonight we're talking about something that I think if you're a human being in the room, it applies to you. It has been applicable in every relationship I have. I have a three-year-old daughter. It works with her. Everything that I can think of in writing this message for tonight, it applies to every form of relationship. And it's about managing expectations. And so for me, I get my, t- my toes stepped on a lot when writing this sermon. So chances are this might be you as well. Uh, I love you ahead of time is all I'm going to say. Like, I, I love you very much. We love each other, right? We're all going to be friends. But I hope tonight challenges and, and convicts you, but I also hope it encourages you that there are answers out there. I don't think that every relationship is one size fits all, right? There's a lot of books, blogs, podcasts, material out there that says, here's how you do this. And the reality is that, unfortunately, no relationship, no marriage, no parenting, no anything looks the exact same. However, there are principles that apply and transcend whichever of those you find yourself in. And I think managing expectations is one of those. So tonight, if we were to kind of peel back the core of what it means to manage an expectation, I would speak about it this way. If you desire to be a mature and healthy human being, especially a godly human being, you have to be someone who is emotionally healthy first. If you desire to be a mature, healthy person, you must be emotionally healthy first. You will never be someone who is effective and mature as a human being if you first and foremost are not emotionally healthy. And emotional emotional health has a lot to do with our communication and our expectation. And so tonight, I'm just going to kind of unpack the Pandora's box here. I'm going to throw a bunch of practical things at you. Whatever sticks, sticks. And if not, there's a podcast. You can listen to it later, right? So the first thing I want to give you is a quote here. It's from a guy named Peter uh, Scazzaro. He says, it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature, right? He says it a little bit more concise than I do, but that's basically what we just said, right? It's impossible, and I agree with this 100%, for you to be spiritually mature and remain uh, emotionally immature in the process, So let's talk about the negative, right? We're going to talk about the positive a lot tonight, but let's talk about the negative. So in my opinion, invalid expectations have the potential to ruin lives, destroy relationships, and they also have the ability to even wreck churches and ministries or organizations. Invalid expectations can destroy lives, they can damage relationships, and they can damage churches and organizations, when you have an invalid expectation, and we'll kind of, kind of unpack what that means here in a second, the, the ripple effect is enormous, right? If I were to ask you to raise your hand of how many times you've seen an unmet or an invalid expectation damage someone that you know, or you're on the receiving end of it, 
raise your hand. Every person's hand will go up, right? And if not, like, we'll, we'll have therapy for you. Like, we'll, we'll figure out how to help you uncover that because you're in what we call denial, right? But everyone has those. We've all been there in that process. And so what I kind of want to, again, unpack here is I want to give us four scriptures which will kind of help guide the way, sorry, three scriptures to kind of guide the way for us tonight. The first one's found in Acts chapter 20, verses 28. And it's out of the New Living Translation. This is about the early church. You have a different version than I am. I'll read your version. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So just keep that back up there for a minute, Amy, for me. Yep, that first phrase is the most important of this passage I want to read. Keep watch over yourselves. An emotionally healthy person who manages healthy expectations knows how to keep watch over themselves. Right? There's a basic principle that I've actually hopped on a plane a few times recently. I actually may have referenced it a few weeks ago as well. But, but there's this concept when you get on a plane, right, and the, the person, I always want to say steward, it's such an old school terminology, the flight attendant person, there we go, uh, they were on the plane, they're going to seatbelts, right? Your seat is a flotation device. Yeah, okay, whatever, right? Whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they say, right, if the oxygen masks drop, make sure you fasten yours on first before you help people around you, like including your children. I'm like, yeah, right. If Emmy was sitting here, I'm putting hers on first, right? Like I'm hero dad, right? The problem with the hero dad mentality or hero fill in the blank mentality is that I'm no good to anyone, including my own daughter, if I don't take care of myself first. And so this, this, this is about leadership in the early church, right? But it's true for everybody. If you don't guard yourself and watch out for yourself, Make sure you're taking care of your own spiritual health. You will not be able to tend to the flock of which the Holy Spirit has called all of us to do. We're all called to be saints and caretakers of each other within the church and of our community outside of the church. And it's God's job to put the church, the people of the church, in the positions to help care for the world to the best of our ability. But we cannot do that if we first, step one, don't care for ourselves. And that has a lot to do with emotional health and managing expectations. Second verse here, Psalm 78, verse 72. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. This is about David. This is a verse in Psalms about David. And again, I just want to pick on one piece here that's really important. It's very, very easy for myself and maybe for you as well to lead people or to interact with people out of skillful hands, meaning I'm, I'm decent at a few things, Right? And I can lean on my own skills and my own skill set in the process. But one of the marks of David for everything he did right and wrong is that David understood this idea that he cared for them with a true heart and then also with a skillful hand. It's absolutely step one and step two for me when I read this passage. Because you cannot lead out of the skillful hands and the things that God's given you abilities to do if you first don't learn how to care for yourself and for other people with the right heart behind it. And many of us, it's far easier to just take care of the problems with our hands and fix the solution, but never actually allow the heart to be processed, transformed, or tended to. And so there are a lot of weeds and calluses in our hearts, but it doesn't look that way because we have the skill set to hide it too often. And David, for everything he did, again, right or wrong, was, was so close to God's heart that he knew that the heart piece was so important. And so that's a huge part of this spiritual maturity process. 
Finally here, Exodus 20, it's an Old Testament passage from the Hebrew Scriptures pertaining to the Israelites when God was giving them a lot of instruction. And this one in particular has a lot to do with people just interpret it as don't tell a lie, okay? But I want to kind of unpack this for you. It says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor, right? Modern context, don't lie. That's what people say. But the reality is this isn't just simply about not telling a lie. This is about not testifying falsely against your neighbor. It has a lot to do with how I interpret what it is that you're thinking or saying. And so I want to use a phrase here. Maybe you've heard before. Maybe you've never heard this phrase before. Maybe you do it and you don't realize it. It's called mind reading, right? So I'm going to take on Dave here for a minute because Dave can beat me up and that's fine. So Dave and I were hanging out, right? And Dave, uh, actually, let me back up. Dave walks in tonight. I'm standing in the lobby like all excited because I haven't seen Dave. I'm like, I can't wait to see Dave. Right, he walks in and Dave just walks right past me, right? And, you know, Dave can beat me up. So I don't want to like, yo, bro, what happened? So I just kind of like linger off to the side. I mind read the situation. I begin to start to unpack. This is a dumb example, but you guys all know that you do this, right? We all do this. I begin to think to myself, is Dave mad at me? Like, did I do something to offend Dave? What did I do? Did Emmy do something to Dave? Like, did I offend Nicole? Like, I start to like trickle down all these little thoughts, right? And next thing I know, I'm like, way into like last month, I like, didn't text Dave back right away. Maybe he's upset. Like, all of a sudden, this happened. You all do this. Like, I'm, I'm, we all do this, right? And maybe I'm worse than you, and that's fine. I, again, I'm the mic. I'll admit to it. But the issue is that we all do this mind-reading thing. And the reality is, Dave walked in because he's had a long day at work. He's stressed about something going on. A bill he's got to pay he wasn't expecting got in the mail. Right? He stubbed his toe. Who, who knows, right? But Dave just walked in, just didn't say hi. That was it. But I begin to mind read the process, and that absolutely has to do with that verse. I'm falsely putting something on Dave that Dave has not said, that we've not addressed, and it's impacting my neighbor in the process. And so uh, just a simple practical step here, number one, stop mind reading, right? So this has a lot to do with expectations, right? Because I had an expectation that Dave would say hi to me on the way in. He didn't. So what do I do in this situation? I'm going to give you a basic principle, again, Really simple here tonight. I hope you're taking notes because I think a lot of us could use it. You're all going to laugh tonight. Be like, yeah, it seems obvious, Philip. But most of us are not doing most of these things, right? So we need to start beginning the discipline of practicing generous assumptions. We need to start practicing the discipline of generous assumptions. So what do I mean by a generous assumption, right? I'll go back to my silly example with Dave. Instead of assuming that Dave's mad at me, upset, doesn't want to talk to me, right? Obviously, he'd want to talk to me. Like, let's just be honest, but it can't be that. But regardless, you guys are a hard crowd tonight, guys. Come on now. A little laughter goes a long way. Thank you. Right, but instead of assuming that Dave's mad at me, I should assume that maybe, maybe Dave's got something going on. Right, so instead of, newsflash, instead of thinking that it's about me, I actually turn and start to care for my friend in the process. Instead of thinking that Dave's got a problem with me, all of a sudden my heart goes, man, I wonder what's going on with Dave. Let me go talk to him. Hey, man, I don't know if you saw it. I want to say hi to you. How's it going? Are you all right? Dave's like, man, I've just had a long day, but I appreciate you talking. Hey, are we okay? Yeah, man, we're good. Stupid Philip. What's wrong with you? Popping upside the head, right? The reality is, if we started practicing generous assumptions, not only would it happen to where we would be proven wrong most of the time, but we would also shift our eyes off of ourselves and begin to care for people around us far more than we actually do. 
Because one of the dangers of mind reading is not just that it creates lies that aren't true. It begins to make it all about us. And man, the enemy loves to keep us in that place of just where we only are so, so focused on what this means for me. Well, they hurt me. They didn't acknowledge me. They didn't say hi to me. Instead of saying, hey, what's going on with them? How can I care for them? And even if in this situation, sorry, Dave, you're getting a heavy dose of it tonight, man. Please don't give me up later. Uh, in this situation, maybe Dave really was upset about something I had said. Maybe, maybe I had said something just flippantly and I, it, it offended Dave, right? But if I go to Dave and say, hey, man, how you doing? Good. Hey, man, you just seem kind of off. Is everything okay? Well, honestly, Philip, like, uh, we probably haven't talked about this because you've been gone, jerk. But the reality is, like, actually, something you said two weeks ago that really, really bothered me. We just haven't got to talk about it yet. Hey, man, I'm really sorry. Let's talk about that. Right? Like, we addressed it as adults, mature, emotionally healthy adults, head on. It was probably something silly, but it caused friction. If these things aren't addressed, what happens? Right? We've all been there. Distance becomes, it's created. Relationships become destroyed, fragmented at least. Because someone mind read a situation wrong, or because they avoided confrontation. And the reality was, it just needed to be a simple, hey, this bothered me, let's move on. And all of those things not only stem from poor emotional health, but they also stem from not understanding how we have assumptions and how we have false expectations in the process. So managing expectations as Christians is one thing, as people is really the main topic tonight. But especially tonight, if you're someone who leads an organization, if you parent kids, if you are married in the room, you are constantly around other people that you are also co-responsible for or they're responsible for you. And how you manage those assumptions and expectations are critical. So start practicing generous assumptions. There are three keys with assumptions here that I want to give you, all right? First thing, just be aware of them. We all have assumptions, right? Again, you can say that you don't. We'll figure out how to help you later on. But we all have assumptions, right? I have an assumption that if you see me in the lobby, you say hello to me, right? If I say bless you, you say, thanks, guys. I hate when people say, hey, bless you, right? If I hold the door for you, say thank you, right? That is stupid, right? I am aware that like I should just do a generous act and hold it open and not expect anything, right? I know the right answer. But I assume that if you're a decent human being, you say thank you for basic things like that, right? We all do this, right? This is all like Philip's confession hour, but like I swear to you, we all do these things. So learn that we all have assumptions in the process. Be aware of them. Own them, right? We can have confession hour later on if you want. Come hang out with me. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. But be aware that you have assumptions that are happening all the time. Number two, learn to be gracious with them. So the first step is, right, denial, right, getting away from that. Be aware of it. Step two, learn to be gracious. Hey, you know what? Maybe they're going through something. Hey, maybe that was actually my thing, not their thing. Hey, maybe they didn't realize I held it open for them because they're just in a mind fog of, hundred things going on that day, right? They just got bad news. Man, jerk guy over here wants to be told thank you, but they're walking through real stuff, you know? Be generous and gracious with your assumptions. And then the third one is put them to the test. Test them, right? Walk up to Dave and say, hey, man, how's it going? How, are you okay? Everything going all right? I'm testing the, 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 um, 
the mind reading, right? I'm testing. I'm putting it to the test and saying, is there really a problem here? And when Dave's like, yeah, man, I'm good. I just, you know, I'm just kind of in a fog today. Cool. No issue, right? But test them. Don't assume and leave it there. You can have an assumption, be gracious with it, but then test it. And then what stands will, will be the healthiest form of what, what will happen, right, in any relationship. Marriage, parenting, with a boss, a coworker, a neighbor, you name it. This principle applies to all situations. So stop mind reading and start clarifying, right? If you're taking notes, basic, like, this is brilliant, right? You guys can all pay me like 100 bucks an hour for this later, right? This is a great therapy session we're all getting here. Stop mind reading, start clarifying. Clarify your assumptions. All right, so what I want to give you now is just a couple of things that I think are unhealthy versions of expectations, and then I will give you healthy ones. Aren't you guys excited? Guys, I just need a little bit tonight. It's been a month, okay? Just appease me. I'm, I'm giving you an expectation that I would like for you to at least liven up a little bit, all right? All right, cool. Number one, many expectations are unconscious. You're not aware of them. You're not aware of the, of the expectation, Right? I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, if you know me at all, this will not surprise you, but my top love language is words of affirmation. So I have an unconscious expectation that when I'm going through stuff, we'll use PG words in here, when I'm going through stuff, the reality is I expect you to tell me that you love me and that you care about me. I'm a sensitive soul, right? I expect that of you. And I don't realize it, until it manifests itself in disappointment. Because what happens is that I have an expectation that you love and care for me with your words, text, phone call, emails, Facebook message, however you want, I don't care. I'm I'm open, I got a lot of options, right? If you need an idea, I'll give you some. But the point is, it doesn't manifest itself until all of a sudden I felt like I wasn't cared for by you and I'm disappointed in you. I'm like, man, why am I so disappointed in Dave? I'm not thinking on anybody else tonight because Dave, one, can handle it. And number two, Dave will beat me up later, and it's fine. I've already started. But I don't want an army after me tonight, so Dave's getting all of it. Right? But the reality is it doesn't happen until I'm disappointed. So an unconscious expectation manifests itself usually in either disappointment or anger. I am angry because you did not do this. But honestly, you weren't even aware it existed until all of a sudden it flared up out of nowhere. So this happens, again, all the time to us, sometimes daily, right? Unconscious expectations. Number two, unrealistic expectations. There are a lot of examples I can give you. I'm going to stay away from some dangerous ones out there. You guys can all fill in the blanks. It's pretty simple, right? Unrealistic. I have this expectation. If we kind of look at the evidence supporting this expectation, it's not realistic, Right? And so I would say the biggest tell when it comes to an unrealistic expectation is, is there evidence to support this being a valid expectation? If you can't find any proof that this has ever happened in your relationship before and uh, there's never been a conversation around it, it's probably unrealistic, right? Classic one, right? I'll pick on the stereotypical uh, male-female relationship, right? This guy, stereotypical guy, doesn't want to talk about his feelings, she wants to talk about her feelings, and she's like, I just understand why you never want to talk to me. He's like, bro, you've been married to me for 25 years. Why don't I ever want to talk to about expectations or around feelings, right? She's like, but I just want you to talk to me about your day, 
right? I don't ever want to do that, right? It's unrealistic. It's never happened. It's not going to happen. So figure out the way to make it realistic. Instead of just being frustrated with your partner, your friend, your child, fill in the blank, the reality is there's no evidence to support that. And I'm not saying that your desire to want your friend, spouse, child to communicate with you is invalid. What I'm saying is the expectation is unrealistic. Does that make sense, the two distinctions there? That's really important that you hear that. It's not invalid, it's unrealistic. Because you've never stopped to have a conversation in a healthy platform around what that expectation looks like for the two of you. Does that make sense? All right, number three, unspoken. How many of you guys ever heard someone say, they should just know, right? You've all said that before. I've said it before, right? It's okay, denial. We've all said, they should just know that, right? They should just know that when I say bless you, dang it, you better say thank you, right? They should just know better, right? Who raised them, right? The reality is we all say that. And at the heart of it, it's an unspoken expectation. And I use a silly joke about hold the door open or, you know, bless you. But this happens in real form in your lives about real things, okay? And you'll awkwardly laugh and look at your spouse a little bit because this is like real life, like, you know, earlier today. So the reality is unspoken expectations happen. If you don't communicate the expectation, how in the world could you ever expect them to fulfill that for you? And I get it. Listen, I hear you. I know it's frustrating. I get it. But you still got to talk about it. Common sense is no longer common. People sue hot coffee when they get their hands burned, right? Like I, I, people are crazy these days. The reality is you have to communicate it. It's unfair for me to expect my daughter to clean up her room if I never tell her to clean up her room, even though her room is a disaster zone, right? I have to reinforce that spoken expectation. Your spouse will not do the dishes for you automatically if you don't set the expectation that, hey, when the dishwasher is empty and there are dishes in the sink, I expect you to load the dishwasher, right? They should just know. Talk about it, right? I get it's frustrating. I get it seems elementary, but at the end of the day, if it's not spoken to, it's invalid. Number four, unagreed upon expectations. Unagreed upon. I wanted to use all, all use, so just leave it alone for that one, Heather. She's looking at me like, what's wrong with this man's English? <laughs> unagreed upon expectations, okay? In this process of being unagreed upon, it's very simple. You said, hey, honey, I want you to take the trash out. Hey, how's the weather? Right? I never agreed to that. Simple example, I have a meeting set up with Jeff, right? Let's just say we we said, hey, man, I want to meet with you once a week on Wednesdays for an hour. Cool, I'll get back to you. Next Wednesday, I'm like, hey, what happened? We didn't meet. He's like, yeah, I didn't agree to it. Right? So all these things, you have to have agreed upon expectations. So the simple four Valid ones, just remove the uns, right? Very simple here, right? Ways to have healthy expectations. Learn to make them conscious. Be aware of what you have going on in your life. Healthy expectations are ones that are conscious in your life. I have become aware of my expectation around fill in the blank. Realistic, learn to have conversations that have supporting evidence in the process. Spoken expectations. We have spoken to this expectation, and, we've, and then obviously the fourth one is, we've agreed upon this expectation. 
just a basic key principle that I think is healthy for all relationships. If it hasn't been mutually agreed upon, it's not an expectation. It's a hope, but it's not an expectation. And hopes are dangerous, people. Hear me out. A hope is dangerous because what happens is when you take a hope and you make a hope into an expectation, you put that person in a lose-lose situation. It's absolutely devastating to turn a hope into an expectation. But again, we do this every day. And for many of us that are emotionally immature, it happens far too often because we've not taken the time to have conversations around expectations, which then lead to understanding what's a hope and what's an expectation, right? Classic example again, stereotypical male, female, right? I hope that you want to talk about your feelings, but it's not an expectation, right? Like we can walk away and I don't actually expect this to ever work, but I have a hope still, right? That's fair. You can hope, but the moment it becomes an expectation, it can easily start to ruin our friendships, our marriages, our, our kids' lives, our coworkers. So wrap everything up here for you. A couple of final quick things here I want to give you. If you need help clarifying an expectation, if you're not confrontational, you hate everything about what I've said tonight, let me just give you some practical language pieces that you can copy and paste into your life, right? You're like, thank you, Philip. I appreciate that. You're welcome, guys. No worries. I'd like to clarify an expectation that I have of you. It's a good question to ask or a good statement to have. The reverse is also appropriate. Hey, I feel like you have an expectation of me to do this. Can we talk about that? I expect this because of this. Can we agree to that? I wonder if this is possible for us. Are you willing to try it out with me? These are basic questions that you can ask in any relationship that gets people at a common shared table to have a healthy conversation around managing expectations. Do not have these conversations when you are fighting. Doesn't work, right? Seems obvious, but I don't want to not speak to it, so I'm going to lay it out there. Right? You can't wait till you're fighting and be like, I feel like you have this expectation of me all the time. Right? Not helpful. Right? But when you're calm, collected, healthy, loving, civil, have conversations with people around these things. Now, what happens when these things don't work? Right? My final couple of things here for you. What happens if you're like, yeah, Philip, that all is great on a vacuum, but uh, that doesn't work because I've tried those things and this stuff still keeps happening. Right? Cool, I got you covered, right? Number one, clarify the expectation. Go back and say, hey, I thought we agreed to this. It hasn't been happening. Where are we at in this process? Help me understand what you heard from the expectation. Number two, remind each other. Now, this is, hear me out. Remind is not like, hey, bro, we said dot, 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 right? Remind is, hey, I, I felt like we left that conversation in a really good place. I walked away understanding my expectation is to take the trash out on Fridays. Cool. Uh, I did not walk away with that same much. I thought it was like a one-time thing, but like I know it was every Friday thing. Oh, okay. That's where the expectation fell apart, right? So you clarify, you can remind. Number three, revisit the conversation. Maybe someone feels like what was agreed upon is no longer fair. So it's not valid for them. They tried it. It didn't work. It was frustrating. That happens, right? So go back to the drawing board. Don't just leave it unspoken. Talk about it. Revisit the conversation. If it's not working, if they're not meeting an expectation, you've got to go back to the process and figure out what's not working. 
Some of you are just sitting there frustrated right now with an expectation that's not being met. Go back and have a conversation. Be an emotionally healthy adult and have a conversation. Number four, renegotiate, right? Go back to the drawing board and say, hey, look, I really did think this was healthy for me, but I got into it. Can we, can we figure this out? Tweak this one part, right? Yeah, that seems fair to me. Let's try it that way. Go back and negotiate, right? We're not enemies at war negotiating peace, right? We're, just, we're having a common conversation around how to negotiate basic expectations. And then finally, hope. If the expectation continues to not be met, move it from the category of an expectation to a hope and begin to pray and ask the Lord for help and keep working with that person that you love and care about until they understand that that's a priority in your life. But if you sit here as an expectation, you will continually get frustrated. It will break apart relationships. It will fragment people that you love and care about and it will destroy lives. I promise you. We can laugh and joke a lot about a lot of these things tonight in the process, but the reality is mind reading, unmet expectations, things that are unconscious, unrealistic, unspoken, and unagreed upon, they absolutely break people's lives apart. And so we want to be a church that not only believes that God is, is all-powerful, that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in your life, but we also want to be a church that says, hey, let us help you figure this out. Because again, Every relationship, every marriage, every parenting relationship, everyone is different. But these principles apply in all situations, right? It's not a magic bullet, but if you begin to have mature, healthy conversations with people that you do life with, that you call your family, if you want to have honest family talk, you've got to figure out how to communicate with the healthy expectations. I don't get a lot of things right in my life but I'm thankful that for the last several years, I've put a lot of stock into expectations. In fact, if you know me, we've probably had one of these conversations at some point around a point that was frustrating. Not because I'm perfect, but because I want to make sure that at all times, we're good. I wanna make sure that we're healthy. And as a church, one of the easiest things that the devil would love to do is to sneak into your marriage, to your family, to your MC, into this church, and cause you to have frustration, cause you to have unmet expectations, and for you to walk away and no one ever knows why because you were just mind reading and we never actually talked about it. So my hope, my prayer, and my expectation tonight for us as a church is that you would leave here not just with practical tools in your tool belt to help you. I, I hope that you do. But I hope that you actually take a moment this week. Maybe it's tonight, maybe it's tomorrow on your Sunday off, right? But you take a step back and say, man, where have I had an unhealthy expectation? Who do you need to go to in your life and say, hey, I, I'm sorry. I need to ask for forgiveness because I've actually put this expectation on you that's, we've never talked about it before. Can we talk about this? Man, imagine how healthy our families would be in America in the world today if we implemented so many of these principles. And like so many things, the church fails to model this well. And so my challenge to us as believers, as people that are part of a faith community, whether you're a skeptic, a doubter, a believer, or a saint in the room, is that you lead by example because the world needs to see healthy communication modeled by people who love Jesus. Because when they see love through Jesus and they see healthy communication and healthy expectations, 
It's a game changer. It changes how we treat people, how, how the world views Christians. I promise you it does. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you again just for the honesty that we get to have as a community. Whether it's the confessions of a pastor or whether it's uh, awkward laughter or whether it's just wrestling through some of the reality tonight. God, I pray that you would stir in each of us both an encouraging part of tonight that this is possible, that there is a roadmap out there that can help me. But God, I also pray that you would give us a challenge, a sense of conviction even, that would cause us and stir us to change the way that we communicate with each other. God, we look back to you and to your word for everything as the direction, as guidance for our lives. As you call us to imitate Jesus, he was a master communicator. And God, I pray you would teach us how to implement these tools practically, spiritually, so that we become emotionally healthy people. God, would you remove the pride in this room that says, I have it all together. And would you allow us to humble ourselves and say, hey, I'm sorry, I had a, an expectation of you that's not fair. Let's talk about that. Jesus, would you allow us to get out of the way so that you can do what you need to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.